Today we're going to talk about a, an issue, a topic that we have discussed before, uh, but we're going to slightly adjust it to uh, address some recent research on the relationship between you know, the eating of comfort foods, uh, which tend to be high in carbohydrates and uh, sweets and some of those kinds of things, um, but the, the, the use of um, comfort foods at times of stress. Right. And um, th there are two articles we're going to be talking about today. We found them in a... Um, um, Science Direct. What is it called? It's, a, it's from Science, Science Daily. Daily. Um, and it, it actually reports on a study that was published in the professional journal called Neuron. Mm -hmm. And the title of our article is The Neurobiology of Noshing. And for right. those of you who don't know, noshing is snacking. Yes. Sort of snacking. Mm -hmm. Why is it so easy to overeat calorie-rich, tasty foods? Right. And we know that's true because you can eat a whole meal but if somebody presents you with a delicious looking dessert or a couple of Krispy Kreme donuts, you're gonna eat them anyway, you're not hungry. Right. Right. So your, your body is not telling you that you need more energy or right. more fuel, but you're gonna eat them anyway. Right. Okay. So why does that happen? And um, there, there are three main issues here. One is evolution. Right. This is an evolutionary um, uh, phenomenon, a, a holdover from our past. The second thing is, we're gonna talk about the amygdala, mm -hmm. which is the brain's processor of emotional right. information. And the third is insulin. Mm -hmm. And whenever we talk about insulin, the, the, the discussion can become very complex right. because all of these digestive um, enzymes and proteins and molecules mm -hmm. can become very um, difficult to grapple with right. because they happen at, at a molecular level. Mm -hmm. And most of us aren't, aren't uh, accustomed to discussing things at a molecular level. It's right. more you know, we can talk about the pancreas, right. but when you talk about individual proteins, it can become a little dense. So if you follow us through, those are the three main topics. Right. It's evolution, the amygdala, and insulin. Right. Okay. So we should, talk, we should start with evolution because right. that's where everything starts. Right. Um, and so when we think about evolutionary biology, evolutionary psychology, uh, evolutionary right. dieting, right. I suppose, right. um, you know, in our ancestry, Mm -hmm. there, there were significant periods of time of famine. That's right. It's only been in the last probably 100 or 120 years mm -hmm. that we've, that at least in this country, right. it's not true in every country because we know about the um, potato famines in Ireland and different mm -hmm. um, food shortages throughout the world. It's only been in the last 100 or so years that we've had a reliable food supply. Right. Prior to that, in fact, that's why Egypt is so important because that was one of the first civilizations to have a reliable food supply right. because the Nile... Right. fed the land every mm -hmm. year. But in most parts of the world, um, if you if the crop fails, mm -hmm. people die of starvation. Right, mm -hmm. yeah. And so our bodies got used to periods of famine, right. uh, of food shortages or food the absence of food altogether. Right, and so what would happen is when, whenever we would have access to food, right. uh, our biology would tend to um, encourage us, maybe that's a nice way to that's say right. it, would encourage us to consume as much as we could because we wouldn't know when we were going to get more. That's right. Uh, this is especially true in, in carbohydrate with carbohydrates right. because carbohydrates is, you know, for most of us, it is the primary energy source for mm -hmm. our body. And foods that taste good mm -hmm. are foods that are ripe. For right. example, if you, if you take a piece of fruit, mm -hmm. if you eat it before it's really ripe, mm -hmm. it's bitter or it's sour, mm -hmm. it, and you have to wait until it's really ripe. So um, and that means it's really ready to consume. Right. So calorie, 
tasty foods are foods that are ready to be consumed. Right. And when our ancestors would find those mm -hmm. tasty foods, they would gorge on them right. because they would store the excess calories right. because they knew that there would be times when they wouldn't have right. food. So our right. bodies got used to that. You know, we, we talk about dieting. Mm -hmm. When you first go on a calorie-restricted diet, right. your body, th genetically, your body goes into, let's keep all the fat because we might need it. Right. Okay. And so that's why a lot of people, when they start dieting, they actually either gain weight or don't lose weight initially, mm -hmm. because the bot, the ge your genet your genes are telling your brain, there's a famine going on. Right. Keep all the fat on board right. because you're going to need it. Absolutely. Okay? And so our bodies got used to storing fat mm -hmm. in times of uh, shortage. Right. And so we would. So again, we when we have access to certain foods, uh, whether it's you know. Uh, meats, even uh, even meats, but but right. primarily um, you know sweet things or or um, you know fruits and vegetables and some of those kinds yeah. of things that we would harvest. Uh, whenever our bodies had access to that, we would consume as much as we could. That's and right. so, from an evolutionary perspective, our body wants to consume as many calories as it can. Oftentimes, it when wants to consume as much as many calories as it can um, because it you know it, it's preparing for those famines, That's right. preparing for those times when we're not going to have food. Right, so we're programmed to eat tasty foods. Mm -hmm. right? we're, we're just, it's, it's in our genetic system, just like everything else we do, it's programmed in our genes right. to, to consume really tasty foods. And it, I talked about fruits earlier. Right. Put a piece of rotten meat in your mouth, right. and you're gonna spit it out, but put a piece of fresh meat, and you're gonna eat it. Well, and, and you know, nature, nature works that way on purpose, right. because, you know, uh, fruits that aren't ripe uh, or, or vegetables that aren't ripe don't taste good to discourage you from eating it because that means that the seeds aren't ready uh, to to be disseminated to you know reproduce uh, reproduce this right so when the when the fruit or the vegetable or the plant is ripe that's when it's tasty because that's when you're going to be able to it, you can consume it so that the seeds are, are prepared to be disseminated to to continue and, and spread so um, nature works that way on purpose. Right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Um, this article uh, was is a report of this study. It was done by Thomas Cash mm -hmm. at the uh, University of North Carolina Medical School. Right. And what Cash describes in this article is a cellular network that starts in the amygdala. Right. And the amygdala, we said the amygdala is one of the things we're going to talk about. The amygdala is the is a small structure in the middle of your brain, you have one on each side, one in each hemisphere, that tells you, that sort of drives your emotions. Right. It drives fear and it drives um, other, other um, urges that mm -hmm. we have, but mainly it's fear. Um, and, and it perceives fear and it's what sends us into fight or flight. Right. If the amygdala gets stimulated because you're afraid, uh, it's gonna send you, it's gonna start the fight or flight mechanism. Right. Okay? So what Cash discovered is there's also a feeding mechanism, and this mm -hmm. is new, really new information. Right. We, we didn't know that the amygdala was this involved in digestion. We've often said on the program, digestion is an incredibly complex right. process that we haven't fully explained. Exactly. We really don't know yeah. the process yet, and we're discovering it a piece at a time. So this is another piece to the digestion puzzle, that there is this cellular circuit, this neural circuit from the amygdala that also affects how much you eat, right? Okay, um, so it's there's an emotional component to right. eating. We knew that. Mm -hmm. We knew that we talk about emotional eaters. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we know there's an emotional component to eating. This helps to explain 
what that component is. So right. it begins in the amygdala, which monitors fear, which perceives fear, and it goes to other parts of the brain. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we talked about evolution. We talked about the amygdala. Now, <clears throat> there's two kinds of feeding. Right. You probably knew this. Go ahead. There's, there's homeostatic feeding, mm -hmm. and there is um, hedonic. Right. H e d o n i c. Pleasure. Root, root word is hedon. Yeah. Hedonistic. hedonistic right. Mm -hmm. From the Roman indulge overindulgence. Right. Hedonism. Homeostatic feeding is the way most of us generally eat. The way that we should eat. Right. You, you get hungry and you, you should eat some nutritious food and when you've eaten a small portion, then you stop eating. So your right. brain tells you you're hungry, eat a little bit, and if you eat slowly, mm -hmm. eventually the brain right. will say, okay, that's enough, Right. Um, you can stop now, that's, right. that's really all you need. Right. Most of us go a little beyond that, mm -hmm. either because we eat right. too fast or we're not, we eat mindlessly. Right. You know, instead of... Or we eat hedonistically. <clears throat> right. Or you can eat hedonistically. Right. And hedonistic feeding is, I'm just eating because it tastes good. I don't right. need it. Uh, it just tastes good and I want more of it. Right. So homeostatic eating um, means that you're working just to keep homeostasis. Right. Where you're trying to keep, you're working to keep everything balanced, everything e equal so that your, your body functions the way that it needs to function. It gets as many vitamins and nutrients that it needs uh, so that it works the way that it's supposed to work. That's right. Ho homeostatic feeding is hunger driven. Right. Okay. You, you get hung so it's hunger driven and you're just consuming enough to maintain energy levels. Right. Hedonic feeding is pleasure driven. Right. And it has nothing to do with needing energy. Mm -hmm. You're going beyond your energy needs. Right. So if you go beyond your energy needs, right. you're going to store the excess. Right. What you don't use, you're going to store the excess. Exactly. As, as fat. Right. And, and you know, to be, uh, you know, if we, if we were all honest, when we think about hedonic eating, right. we do, m many of us do that at, at some point, you know, either during the day or at some point during the week, we, right. we engage in hedonic eating to where we are just eating because it tastes good or we're, we're eating more than we should be just because it tastes good. Right. Uh, and so we just keep going. And there's not a lot of animals that do that. Most animals don't. Right. Most animals eat what they need and then they stop. They don't go beyond that point. Right. You know, how many diets are there that say use a smaller plate? Right. Okay. Why use a smaller plate? Because it's really all the food you need. Right. Or they say, whatever fits in your hand. Right. You know, or, and, or and you look at it and you say, wow, that's not very much. Right. That's enough for homeostatic feeding. Or, or chew a certain number of times to slow you, yourself down so that right. you, because the, the, the pace at which you eat is important because that's how long it, because of how long it takes your, your gut to communicate with your brain that, you know what, hey, we're full. We don't need any more. It takes a little time. Mm -hmm. You know, if you eat really fast, you're going to trick your body. I mean, you're actually tricking your body right. because you're, you're eating more food you're eating the food so fast that your brain doesn't have a chance to say, okay, you're full. Mm -hmm. And then when you're finished eating that large amount of food, you're, you're, right. you're, you say, oh my gosh, I ate too much. Right. Okay. Yeah. You ate too much because you ate too fast right. and you ate beyond your energy needs. Right. Okay. So when it comes to, to noshing, to, to, right. the, to the way that we eat, we, we these are the issues that we have. We have, we have the evolutionary aspect. Right. We have the, the, the brain-based, uh, amygdala-based mm -hmm. aspect. And we have the way in which we eat, the, the purpose behind That's the, right. the way we eat. Now we, want, now we want to move into the complicated part. Right. Okay, so here comes the science. So stay with us. It's, it it's really is understandable. It's the good stuff. So what we've said is that we have this genetic mechanism to consume tasty foods 
when we are stressed. Right. Uh, and, and typically in our species, stress, one of the stressors was hunger. Right. Okay. So the amygdala, the amygdala would say, there's something wrong in your environment. There's something wrong mm -hmm. here. And so one of the, it could be a dangerous animal, but it could also be hunger. Right. And when you think about it that way, because I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that, if it's a dangerous animal, those are acute stressors. Right. You know, it, they're brief, momentary stressors, hopefully, um, because you got away. Right. If not, it's still momentary. Um, but, you know, if you got away, it's momentary, you're, you're safe now, and that stress goes away. Right. Hunger is a stress that would linger. It would it be there until you right. satisfied that, um, that hunger. And so that could be days based upon our history. That's right. Days or weeks. Or weeks. You know, there, right. there are people who didn't eat for weeks or months. They, they, they just would, would scrounge, they would right. uh, try to, they'd forage for whatever mm -hmm. they could, roots and berries mm -hmm. and things that grew in the ground, and animals, you know, uh, mm -hmm. uh, insects and things, mm -hmm. okay? So, we're it's talking delicious. about chronic stress, which the amygdala would perceive and right. say, okay, we've got to do something here because there's, there's a problem. Don't know what it is, but there's a problem. And when you encounter calorie-rich foods, right. You would you would consume them in very large amounts. Mm -hmm. So we have the combination of chronic stress mm -hmm. combined with calorie-rich foods. Right. In our ancestors, evolutionarily, that was the time to gorge. Evolutionarily, okay. that's what we needed to do, and that stays with it. We still have those mechanisms in us today, and, and that's okay. so difficult. I think for some people to to appreciate right. that our bodies, our biology today, isn't all that different than our biology thousands of years ago. But actually, if you lived in a, in many civilizations today, mm -hmm. that's exactly the situation that you're in. Right. I mean, there are communities today where people die of starvation. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was in the middle of the 1900s, the late 1900s, that if the, if the rice crop failed, thousands of people died. Right. Because that was their only food mm -hmm. source, okay? Right. And so, these genetic mechanisms are all still with us today. Right. Okay? The problem is, when we think of chronic stress plus calorie-rich foods, our problem today is we live with chronic stress. Our stress rarely has to do with hunger. It doesn't have to do with hunger, but it's still stress. Right. Okay. And the, again, the brain isn't going to distinguish, oh, don't worry about it. It's not hunger. It doesn't do that. Right. It responds to stress. Right. Okay. Um, it responds to fear, uh, frightening things. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mm -hmm. say, well, wait a minute, this isn't really frightening. It's right. only, you know, no, it's going to do its job, which is to protect you. And so the brain perceives, so we live in chronic stress. Right. But it's, the problem is we live surrounded by calorie rich foods. Right. Now, if I'm stressed, I can pull into a fast food restaurant and eat thousands of calories right. worth of food. Within a few minutes. With Right. And, and so, so those are the two key aspects, right. is the, the um, overabundance of chronic stress right. and the overabundance of high-calorie um, or calorie-dense uh, foods. Right. Right. Um, we have all we can take of both of those things. Right. And, and that, that's, a, that's a really horrible combination of events for us, um, you know, today. It's, a, it's an accident of history. Yes. You know, or it's an accident of evolution. Right. That we have all of these calorie-dense foods and chronic stress. Mm -hmm. You know, take a, take a typical college student. Yeah. We talk about the freshman 15. Right. They're, ex they're moving less because they're sitting more. Right. They have calorie-dense foods all over the place. Right. And they have chronic stress. Right. It's a, it's, a, it's a 
perfect formula. It's the perfect right. storm for overeating. Absolutely. One more technical term. Nociceptin. N-O-C-I-C-E-P-T-I-N. Nociceptin. Mm -hmm. This is a protein. Right. When you block, mm -hmm. when this small protein gets blocked, um, it doesn't affect homeostatic feeding, but it does curb hedonic feeding. Right. Okay. So the, a lot of this, just right. So you know where this comes. This is a, the second article that we've that we have linked in the show notes, and uh, and this is reporting on some uh, on a study where they were. Of course, th this is where a lot of studies are going right now, trying to figure out if we can develop a medication or something to help with uh, the issue of obesity. Right, that's and right. And so they were looking at rat models to try to identify a, a medication or a something that could be done to, um, to decrease eating habits or to, to address eating habits mm -hmm. um, in individuals to stop more hedonic eating and, and be able to maintain uh, homeostatic eating. Right, because in the... In, in the studies that they did, if they could block this protein, right. you could stop hedonic eating. Right. So we know that it's, and the pathway, that whole chemical pathway begins with right. the amygdala. Yeah. So there's something about, if we could block that pat, that, that single protein, mm -hmm. so that's what drug companies do. Right. Like, okay, how do we block that? Because then we can stop hedonic mm -hmm. eating. Right. Okay. The point for us is, be very careful of these things because you're fighting biology, right. okay? And all of these diets and everything we do, they're all based on these principles. And right. we, didn't, we didn't know why chemically, mm -hmm. but we knew that if you consume mm -hmm. too much or if you consume, you know, I like that fast food restaurants now are putting the number of calories right. on, on the thing because you can say, well, 450 calories, that's a third of my calories today uh -huh. or half my calories today if I, if I eat that. Right. Um, and so you have to be careful because these calorie rich foods combined with stress have a second step right. that we're, we weren't aware of until recently. Right. Okay. So be, be very careful. Right. So, so just in case you missed that, the, the, the point is, is that when we are st highly stressed, uh, you know, as we pull all this together, mm -hmm. when you're highly stressed and you eat calorie dense foods, the comfort foods that we, we typically go towards, um, what our body does is actually store more than it would at other times when you eat those same foods. Right. So when you're stressed and you eat calorie dense foods, your body is going to store that, um, store more of that, uh, so you're gonna gain more weight, uh, right. if we put it to the bottom line, you're gonna gain more weight at those times than you would if you ate those same foods under conditions when you weren't stressed. And that's what our second article is about, is right. how to, why does that happen? Right. Okay. And there's a, I almost said a simple explanation, it's not a simple explanation, right. it, it's, it's, it's understandable, it's comprehensible, but it's a, it, that's the part that involves insulin, so we're gonna talk about that. Yeah. In this, in the second study that was done, explain yeah. why this happens. Yeah. Okay. Right. Because insulin is, you know, certainly insulin, as we all know, helps address uh, glucose, uh, mm -hmm. sugar, in in our in our body. Right. Um, it helps transport that and makes it available to our, our cells to use for, for energy. Mm -hmm. um, when that system gets overtaxed, that's when we develop, uh, you know, diabetes and, and things like that. So, right. um, so insulin is is really. Uh, of high interest because of the prevalence of, of diabetes and, and those issues. But also, um, insulin is released during times of stress because of cortisol. Right. Uh, cortisol is a, the stress hormone that's released from our um, adrenal glands right. uh, during times of, of stress. And because of, again, from an evolutionary perspective, when we're highly stressed, 
we, we get uh, cortisol in our, in our system so that we, uh, we don't really feel too much pain. We don't really, there's a the decrease in inflammation. It's really adaptive. It's a really good hormone for us to have in our system during right. times of, uh, of, uh, of you know, acute stress because um, it also is released with adre uh, adrenaline right. so that we can run away and do all those things that we need to do. Um, but to help our cells work, um, insulin is released in conjunction with cortisol so that it can give our cells fuel, right. that it, you know, it, it promotes that. It releases um, that, the, the fuel sources. Right, right. It, it introduces that, uh, the, the, the sugar, basically, into our blood system so that we, it needs more insulin in our bloodstream to get the insulin, or to get the sugar into our blood, um, right. into our cells so that it can work really, really well and get us to safety. Right, right. And so this second article was a research study done in Australia. Right. Uh, at the Garvin Institute of Medical Research. This article refers to comfort food. Mm -hmm. The other was calorie rich, but mm -hmm. we're talking about the same thing. And the title is Comfort Food Leads to More Weight Gain During Stress. Right. So again, we see this um, combination of, of high calorie comfort foods and mm -hmm. um, uh, stress. Right. I remember one time reading an article that it said, you know, you couldn't sit down and eat six apples right. at one sitting, but you could easily eat six Donuts right. or six cookies, okay? yeah. and which so it's easy to consume these comfort mm -hmm. foods, these calorie-rich foods. Um, again, this article was about this pathway, mm -hmm. and guess where it starts right. in the amygdala right. that triggers. It, it's a pathway, specific pathway that they've found that triggers weight gain mm -hmm. um, during times of stress. Right. And we know that many of us engage in stress eating. Mm -hmm. Okay, that, right. that when we're stressed, two things are happening. When you're stressed, your body retains fat. Mm -hmm. Okay, we know why. <clears throat> but also, most people tend to eat more when they're stressed. Mm -hmm. At some point, you might eat less, and if, if there isn't food around, right. you'll eat less. Right. But if there's food around, you're going to eat it because you're because you're stressed. Okay? Right. So, as you mentioned a minute ago there's some combination of stress and calorie-rich foods that causes our body to uh, to store fat faster and at higher rates. Mm -hmm. So it's not just the, the hard number of calories, there's actually a differential right. involved that these two things, stress and comfort foods or calorie-rich right. foods, make you gain weight faster. Right. Okay. So, so it's not just gaining at the same rate, mm -hmm. you actually gain weight. I think it's by a factor of 10. Right, in some much people. faster. Okay. Yeah. Now, in this study, the molecule, they didn't, uh, we don't have to name it, it's just N-P-Y, N as in Nicholas, P as in Patrick, Y as in Young. It's a, it's a molecule that, um, that the brain produces when we're stressed. Mm -hmm. It's another one of those stress mm -hmm. hormones. And when it gets switched off, and I think that's nociceptin. I mm -hmm. think it's. I think NPY is nociceptin. When it gets switched off in the amygdala, weight weight gain decreases. Right. Okay. So if you can switch that off, and that's what we talked about in the last one. Mm -hmm. So you switch off nociceptin. Now, the reason is is because, and this is the finding that's important. The amygdala has receptors for insulin. Right. And that's the part that we, that's the new discovery here, okay? Right. Is that the amygdala has receptors for insulin. And insulin, when it's released, absorbs glucose, mm -hmm. that's the energy, the sugar right. that you were talking about. 
but it also sends a stop eating message to the hypothalamus. Right. And that's the important point here is that that um, that insulin, as it gets released to, to extract the glucose, mm-hmm. okay, because if you don't produce enough insulin, you don't produce enough glucose. If it, if that shuts down, then you don't get that stop eating mechanism. Right. The, the brain doesn't say, okay, you've had enough. Right. That's what gets interfered with here. Right. And that's why many of us overeat, right. because that gets blocked. So we're looking for something that will interfere with right. that uh, function. Right. Stress, as it turns out, raises insulin levels, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's what you're talking about, right. okay? And stress, so we know stress increases insulin. Mm-hmm. Stress plus high calorie foods raises insulin by a factor of 10. Right. And that's that's the danger mechanism right. here, mm-hmm. is that stress right. combined with high calorie foods mm-hmm. causes, so the, the culprit here is insulin. Right. And that's the complicated chemical part of this is that we're producing way too much insulin, right? right? right. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, and, and so our body is, you know, that's why we're seeing, um, that is in part at least, while we're seeing a significant increase in the number and prevalence of, of diabetes right. and other uh, chronic health-related issues associated with weight um, and, and, you know, sugar dependence and, and those kinds of things because we are overindulging in these comfort foods. We are. Um, and then our body is responding because we are under such significant stress. Our body is responding by storing too much of it, right. and so now we have uh, additional stores of, you know, these these uh, high calorie, um, sh- typically sugar. I mean, again, you know, right. when we think of comfort foods, most of most of the it's things that we're eating are, are carbohydrates. Most of the sugar, right? Um, Simple sugar. Right. Right. Yeah, like cakes and. Um, you keep you mentioned donuts and right. I think well, donuts that. are so easy to eat. Yeah, you know, or pancakes. Yeah, you know, you can eat. Didn't you say your son ate a whole stack of pancakes one day when he was? Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's easy ten or twelve pancakes. Yeah, that's a lot of calories. That's a whole of, lot of, of the wrong type. You know, those are simple sugars because that refined flour is going to get broken down yeah. very quickly into yeah. into glucose. I mean, it just happens almost right. immediately. Absolutely, okay. and so. The problem with insulin is that insulin turns off nociceptum, that Mm -hmm. NPY molecule, and you get two things happen. Number one, you get you get um, more eating. Uh Your body is this is hedonic eating, and you're going to eat past homeostatic Mm -hmm. uh, feeding, and it also reduces the body's ability to burn calories. Right. So that's that's what's happening here. So insulin, it doesn't shut off. It doesn't tell you to stop eating. Right. Okay. It interferes with that. Plus, you eat, so therefore you eat more. Right. And secondly, it interferes with your body's ability mm-hmm. to um, to burn calories. Right. Okay. And so you have this this um, this dual action um, that right. you're eating too much and you're burning too little. Right. That's going to get stored as fat. And again, from an evolutionary perspective, that made sense. That was necessary because of those times of famine, and we don't know, we we didn't know when we were going to get food again, and so we needed to be able to store that as 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 efficiently and as quickly as possible. That's why you gain weight so quickly, but it takes so much longer to lose weight because your body is made to store food, uh, store calories for those those times when we don't have access to food. That's right. So the culprit here for us, let's not worry about insulin right now, though though that's the chemical culprit. Mm -hmm. The behavioral culprit for us is stress. Right. Okay. If you want to get your Right. body back, if you want to re- regain balance in your system, mm-hmm. 
I would start. I mean, I, both of us would recommend right. it. You got to you got to reduce your stress. Yeah, absolutely. We live in a stressful environment. There was a study done a week or so ago that said Americans work longer hours and under more stressful conditions right. than any country in the world. Yeah. Okay, um, I, I guess except unless you're a prisoner or a slave or you know some cultures oh, sure. forced yeah. labor, but except for that, we we put ourselves in very stressful situations at work at right. school. Um, these are high stress, even for children today. Right. Mm -hmm. um, we're putting them under um, a lot of stress. This is May, this mm -hmm. is test month mm -hmm. around the United States. And we're putting children under enormous stress right, right. now that they have to do well. Yeah. Many children will do well in these tests no matter what, but, but about half of, or more of children are really gonna be stressed right. out um, during, this, during this month of May. Right. Um, and so we put our children, we put ourselves, we put our students under enormous stress. Absolutely. Right? So be careful because stress is stress yeah. is the beginning of this. Now that we know that the amygdala and the the amygdala is involved with insulin mm -hmm. production, right. um, so that's the direct link between stress and insulin and Absolutely. weight gain. So be yeah. very very careful of stress; it's very damaging. Absolutely. So um, you know, engage in some of those good stress management strategies that we talked about on many previous podcasts. Mm -hmm. You can. Uh, just go to the website, uh, thementalbreakdown.com, and do a, a quick search, or right. YouTube, uh, our YouTube channel, and do a quick search for um, stress, and you'll find lots of uh, podcasts where, where we've talked about stress management strategies. So. Right. That's right. All right. Okay. Well, that then is it for today. Until next time, stay happy, stay healthy, and forget to be afraid.